Hard work in the CCs. Hard work in the CCs. Hard work in the CCs. And the only thing between me and some of that pizza buffet is this podcast. So listeners, I hope you're ready because you might be thirsty right now and I guarantee I'm going to be thirsty later. This is, as always, the Reverend Big Al who can't wait for some of that macaroni and cheese CC's coming at you live from Raleigh, North Carolina, joined, as always, in the good times and in the bad by the Reverend McBrien up in A-Town, Alexandria, Virginia. McBrien, if you were at McDonald's right now, would you get a made-to-order hamburger or would you stick with the McNugs? Uh, neither, actually. I would use a coupon on the app for free large fries with a purchase of $1 and couple that with a $1 hamburger purchase for a $1 dinner. Oh, man, always hustling. And with us again, the man, the myth, the legend to many, Will the Thrill down in Columbia, South Carolina. No, sorry, Will's in G Vegas now. The move has been made. Will, tell me about your favorite nuts. Uh, almonds, baby. Yeah. When you say baby after your favorite nuts, it gets a little bit non PG. So let's keep that clean for our family friendly podcast. Almonds, man, man. Thank you. Will Can the we also thrill. use gender neutral pronouns so as not to offend the female audience? Almond. Almond humankind, please. Humankind. Yay. Hey, how hey, does it feel to be a graduate? Ryan, what's going on in the world of athletics? Man, so much is going on in the world of athletics. Uh, when was the last time we were recording together? Was I it believe, April? I believe it was April. A lot has happened since April. Uh, we're not going to get into all of it, but Will the Thrill is now a graduate. I am. Uh, I went AWOL. Check the transcripts. And Reverend Big Al has been um, just wheeling and dealing. We'll let him share on that as much or as little as he Grinding. wants. Grinding. Okay, he's going to identify it as grinding if we were to look back on the playoffs uh from the nba or the nhl you guys have already digested that so let's look back at this past weekend biggest headline maker um happened on the links now personally just as an aside i have been watching the world cup all of it on my antenna on fox and telemundo but my coverage on fox was interrupted this week for the u.s open I totally forgot that it was going on. Uh, is this something you guys were looking forward to, or did Saturday come and you think, oh, hey, this is on? So I enjoy the U.S. Open, but when it comes down to it, here's my hot take. When everybody is stinking it up there out on the course, it just becomes uninteresting to me. I, I lose interest, and and that's my two cents. I think it becomes boring when, every, when, when nobody can – can hit her hit worth a daggum. I think it's great. I think it's realistic. I go, man, I make bogeys. Sometimes I make double bogeys. Sometimes I get 13 on a hole. Sometimes I hit the ball when it's moving. I can relate to y'all <laughs> now. It's so much different when they were racking up low birdies, low scores, birdies and eagles. That's not my style of golf. I'm a very average golfer. I shoot, I don't know, 115. Average uh, so- so it made me happy to, to see people struggle. I don't know a ton about golf, but those greens looked brutal. Just absolutely brutal. Very also, cool. 
not at, many of not the players a, said it was unfair. I don't really get that. They were all playing the same course. To me, unfair is when half of them play one course and half of them play a much easier course. So I think it was fair. Can't call it unfair. U.S. I mean, Open. It's not, like three, it's not like Kevka was playing par three and everybody else was playing par four. I think the U.S. Open uh, kind of is the lost major, uh, one along with the PGA Championship. PGA is definitely the lost major. U.S. Well, Open. Well, you know, people are excited for the Masters. The British Open is cool because they tee off while you're eating breakfast. Um, but I think the U.S. Open is underrated fun. I remember in 2014, I went to it at Pinehurst with my Duke Endowment Field Ed supervisor. We had a blast. Referee, I was there. Were we there together or separately? No, no, I was a volunteer for the week, and I made it for about one hour on Saturday and got that collected my free gifts, free gifts, and called it a day. Free gifts. That's what Reverend Big Al shows up for. So mm. this weekend. Do they uh, serve food at Free Griffs? Because I might go there when we're done. Yeah. So. Uh, hey, on that note, would you go with the cookout tray or the Bojangles tonight? Bojangles. Always Bojangles. But if I'm as hungry as it sounds like you're saying you're as hungry as, like the amount of food per dollar with the Bojangles tray is just unfair. Right. Well, I'll keep reflecting as we talk. We'll have more on that later. Right. We'll continually reflect. I just, I'm jealous up here in, in Alexandria. We have not this dilemma to choose from. Yep. Any thoughts on Kepka? You want to talk about that or uh, talk about the big news from the tourney? I mean, first guy to win back-to-back U.S. Opens since Curtis Strange in 1988-1989. How incredible is that? Incredible. Yep. I think, to me, story of the weekend was Tommy Fleetwood on uh Was he the guy with Sunday. the long hair? Yeah, yeah. English from England, awesome. Shot 63, had several putts, a putt on a birdie putt on 16, 17, and 18 that barely missed, any of which would have given him a 62 and would have landed him at plus one for the tournament, which would have tied Kepka the way Kepka – now, you don't know how Kepka would have played down the stretch. But would have been interesting to see him shoot 62, which I still believe is a uh, would have been a U.S. Open record, um, and maybe even tied a major golf, a major championship record in, in the PJ Tour, and gotten him into a playoff with Kepka. What a round by Fleetwood! He was dropping putts from way downtown. Looked like Steph Curry out there on the basketball court. That's impressive and all, but I, I've beat that on PlayStation Two, so get on my level. You know what you can do on PlayStation Two? Hit what? a ball that's moving. So let's let's address that. What did you think? Were you watching it live? I happened I was. to be watching that. I was watching live. it live from the Southwest airplane, but was getting my Fox feed through the Southwest live TV. What a great app. Southwest has figured Amen. it out. I'm Amen. a Southwest apologist. Um, their in-flight entertainment is great. Do, do they I, even need you... apologists? And those veggie wheat thins. I mean, gosh, I got my green vegetables for weeks. Southwest Airlines, we are available for sponsorship. Here's, I will admit, I left my uh, drink coupons at home. I always do that. We Isn't have that them. The worst? We have them on our bulletin board, and I'm going to put them in my suitcase for we're flying Fourth of July. So, um, oh, where to? Chi Town. Is there is there room for people to tag along? I could be free. <laughs> you want to help me officiate a wedding <laughs> the Saturday after? <laughs> I might, I might leave by it. then, but I might be there for the early part. We could, sh- we could shake and bake on it. Is the taste of Chicago there that week? It's always exciting. 
Uh, I don't know what that is. Smith family vacated Chicago back in 94, I believe. Mom loved that taste of Chicago. No, I take that back. 96. Okay. So I was five, not three. Middle school. All right, let's get back to Phil Mickelson, who should have been disqualified for his egregious play. So what did you think of his response to the press? I thought it was a bunch of BS, and I thought they should have kicked him out as soon as he gave it. How relate? I think he could have scored so many points if he said, hey, you know, I got really frustrated and screwed up. I'm just like you guys. Yeah, because I think that's what happened. So what did he say? And what did he say? I didn't hear the speech that he gave about it afterwards. Post round. So I think for those that don't know what happened, he hit a putt on hole. What was it? 13? 13. 14. I think. I think 13, um, but it doesn't matter. Okay. Hit a putt. It was a bogey putt. Missed it by a ton. Not only pushed it right, but had it racing down the hill. Instead of waiting for the ball to stop, like the rules say, and like every golfer in the world does, and especially every professional golfer in the world does, what does he do? He jogs around on his tippy toes because he runs like a ballerina with his chest flapping like a waitress at a local restaurant that may or may not have been named before we got on the podcast, and I may or may not go eat at after this, and then slaps the ball back towards the hole while it's still moving, which, yeah, should be a penalty. That putt actually hits the hole but goes past. He then misses again on the putt back after marking it and then finally makes for what I believe was an eight on a par four. Yeah, quadruple bogey. Two-stroke penalty for hitting a ball that is moving. So, so he gets a uh, 10 on the par four. Why should he have been disqualified? So the officials ruled that he was assessed a two-stroke penalty for hitting a ball that is moving, which I believe is section four is rule fourteen point five in the rule book. Yes, I don't know about that, but I, I yeah. can't confirm that. But yes, there is also a rule, I believe one two in the rule book, meaning a very important rule that's at the top of the daggum rule book that says you do not stop or change the direction of a shot. That is in progress, right? So it's not like if I hit the ball and you're standing that you can, while it's moving, kick it back in the fairway or redirect it on the green or anything, right? Now, I understand a lot of you might be saying, when I go play with my friends, I use the foot wedge. Or my friend hit the ball so hard on the green, it was going to go in the water. So I stopped it. I get it. You know why that makes sense? You're playing with your daggum friends for no money, not in the freaking U.S. Open. So, yeah, that's what Phil Mickelson really did. And that's what happened is when he got to the post-round interview, he basically said, man, who knew where that putt was going to go? Good thing I hit it while it was still moving. He got that two-stroke penalty instead of what would have happened if I let it roll off the green and had to play it from there. Acting like, I'm Phil Mickelson. I'm so smart. No, you're not. You cheated. Fed up, fess up to it. Just because you shot 80 on Saturday doesn't mean – you shouldn't be disqualified from the U.S. Open, even in Shinnecock. Huge opportunity missed. I think he could have bridged a gap between average fans, guys like me who golf a couple times a year and say, whoops, it happened. But yeah. it had me thinking, 
um, this, you know, question for both of you guys, have you ever in work or life or ministry uh, kind of symbolically just hit a second putt while the first putt was rolling? I'll give you an example from mine. Yeah, I have uh, all rec- Recently uh, on a podcast, I talked about that funeral I did where I was just, you know, given a whole new order 10 minutes before. Uh, I didn't know the people at all. Um, and I think what I was laying down wasn't 100% being picked up uh, in the sermon. So, you know, I kind of ad-libbed it. I got some vibes from them. I incorporated some stuff the family shared. Um, redirected the putt of that funeral sermon. Uh, and I think it landed in the hole at the end. Amen. I think it happens in church all the time. I'm going on a mission trip this week. I have no doubt that there will be several opportunities to redirect the conversation from where it is to the way, to where you want it to go, which is back towards that cup. How many, I mean, I'm a youth minister. How many times are you sitting with a youth group trying to have a conversation and somebody brings up something way off topic, right? Every 20 seconds. Right, exactly. And what do you do? Redirect it. You even have to jog around. You might even have to cut them off mid-sentence, mid-response to say, thank you for sharing. What a lovely point. Let's move back to the question. We've all been there. We have. So, Reverend Big Al, Will the Thrill, you, you guys watch more golf than me. Should I... Is there anything I need to know, or should I just check out till the British Open? Whoa, hey, this weekend's the Travelers. Lots of exciting names in the field. The race to the FedEx Cup playoffs. I don't know. I tune in every week, but maybe that's just because I'm competing in fantasy golf. <laughs> you are amongst, amongst the masses. Speaking of which, Tommy golf. Fleetwood, hero of Sunday, on my team. That's why I was pulling for him to win. And he has beautiful hair. Very happy for you. Well, Fourth I'm round pick, Tommy Fleetwood. Woohoo! I'm pumped for, for the Open. That is my favorite major. Sorry, Masters. Uh, unfortunately, it coincides with our church's um, family weekend, so I'm going to miss a lot of it live. Uh, but I love that it's in Angus, Scotland. So when you wake up and make some eggs to watch it, have some steak with it uh, and watch the boys tee off. Hey, speaking all of Angus, early if I was to go get a cheeseburger when I left the podcast tonight at church, where would you recommend I get said cheeseburger? I mean, in Raleigh, we've got options like Char Grill. But there's also Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's. I could go to a more of a restaurant. I don't know. There's so many places to get good Angus beef burgers. Definitely McDonald's. Well, you are loyal. Loyal like our loyal listeners, whom we've missed. We missed you guys. Here. Um, Keep hollering at us. May we pivot away from the greens and the fairways and the tee boxes. Yeah, what else is going on? What you Let's been watching? go to the hardwood, man. I was out tonight at Bugsy's fabulous establishment on King Street. Could not recommend there, it more. Uh, it's like, you know, maybe adult CCs. They have. Uh, yeah, during the day, the, they got that buffet lunch. All you can eat. And at night, Friday, Saturday. Oh, that's anyway. right. That one time we got them just bring us a pizza. Yeah, Bugsy's. We are available for sponsorship. Anyways, I was watching some, you know, the Natsos on one screen. Uh, and on the left of that, there was ESPN talking with some NBA mock drafts. Um, I'll, I'll be clear. Don't care about baseball draft. Do not care about hockey draft. NFL draft has become just too much for me. I love me the NBA draft. One night, uh, two rounds. I am hyped for it. Are, are you in tune with the NBA draft this year? 
Yeah, I can't wait. Unfortunately, I'll be on mission trip. We'll not be able to watch. We'll probably uh, appreciate some updates throughout the evening. Most excited to see where the man, Devin Hall, gets drafted, looking to be a second-round pick out of the U, uh, the University of Virginia, that is. Um, but, yeah, I can't wait. Looking for our Hornets to take another mediocre player and perpetuate fighting for that seventh or eighth seed that goes nowhere. Um, lots of big men at the top of the draft. Don't see, uh, don't really see how uh, any of them are really going to be big difference makers. Let's be honest. The NBA is a league of wings. And if you don't have guys who can switch, who can attack off the dribble, and who can shoot, you're not going anywhere. Look at the Warriors. Who was, who was protecting the rim, blocking shots, playing the post for the Warriors this year? JaVale McGee. That's right. And I don't see a JaVale McGee in this draft, and that's unfortunate for the other 29 NBA teams. Gosh, favorite JaVale NBA McGee, of all out time. of what school? You know, alma mater. Oh, uh, it was Nevada? Yes, it was yes, Nevada. That's right. Yes, so. I yes, love so. that guy so we much. We haven't been doing alma maters in a while. Oh, man, I love JaVale. So, yeah, so the rumor, hot rumor is DeAndre Ayton going one to the Suns. Some have compared him to David Robinson. David Robinson, who went to what? Nearby Alexandria School in the 80s. Osborne. No, not high school. I meant college. Oh, wow. Georgetown. No, Navy. Navy. Navy Naval Navy. Academy. Man, yeah. I'm really embarrassed I said that. Admiral went from Osborne. See, I knew high school. That's a deeper cut. That they is lied, a deeper cut. They lied about a fight for him to go to, to Navy. So here's the thing. If you're, the Suns, to my Hoya fans. if you're the Suns, you jump on Aiton. You like Marvin Bagley. You like Doncic from Europe. Where are you going? I love the European draft picks. Um, yeah, Doncic. He's the man. You know why? He's the only swing man who can shoot, dribble, pass. And that's what the NBA needs more of. I don't know why teams aren't looking at this guy. Hey, did you hear about this Icelandic guy who might get drafted? No. Like the Iceman? No, like an actual dude from Iceland um, who, who could be their first NBA pick. So, um, What's his name? I'll get it for you. Uh, what, what do you think about, uh, you know, for our Texan listeners, Mr. Bamba? Athletic. Apparently hitting threes in warm-ups. I don't buy it. Don't see how he's going to stretch the floor. Incredibly athletic. I compare him to a Clint Capella, but I don't know – who is going to want him? There's hot rumors that the Mavericks will jump on him at pick five. Um, but I think that's just because there's a lack of, of good swingmen, and I don't think that'd be a great pick for the Mavericks, although they could probably pair him with Nowitzki and Harrison Barnes and do okay. I just um, – I don't see Bamba developing the jump shot to have a decent enough offensive game to be on the floor against the Warriors these days. It's quite rare for the Washington Wizards to have a draft pick because Ernie Grunfeld, the GM, just kind of throws them away, which I don't hate uh, because if you can get better in the present and toss away a draft pick for the future, I ain't mad at it. Um, but they do have a pick this year. Wizards are wildly international. They got the Polish hammer, Gortat. They got Sato from Czech Republic. Yeah, they Jan Vesely's right. Jan, Jan, Jan Mahimi from France. I would love to see them take a flyer on a rando Euro dude. You never know. Giannis, the next Giannis might be out there. You mean Thanasis onto the Kupo? Giannis' younger brother? Yeah, draft him. Draft him. The guy I was uh, speaking of from Iceland is uh, Trigivi 
Clinison. T R Y G G V I. You know what they call you know don't they call him the Kleenex man because he'll wipe all the wizards' tears away? I would love that. Uh, speaking of hey, so are you going to hold on to Wall or Beal? Because you can't keep both. You're going nowhere. Beal. Okay, sounds good. Who's Wall going to? Wall for Kimba. Who says no? Me. Everybody. Um, I don't know. Some. I don't want to get into the, the whiz too much. But can we talk about how amazing drafts are? And I want to share just a dream that I floated a lot back when Reverend Big Al and I roamed the same hallways uh, in Divinity School. And that is, I think it'd be so cool. We went, Reverend Big Al and I went to a Divinity School um, where Marvin Bagley went, where there were people from all different denominations. And it was my dream that after graduation, there would be a draft where denominations drafted uh, recent graduates. I think that would have been so cool. Do you think that would have been cool or stupid? Dude, I would love to be picked. I love getting picked in anything. It feeds my ego. And I just, to be able to walk on that stage and put on that robe and stole, like I assume they wouldn't use hats. They'd use stoles, right? I mean, just the, the photo opportunities, the glory. Uh, that's what we're in the ministry for anyway, right? It's the glory. So, yeah, and just imagine the differences. Like, say maybe you get drafted by the United Methodist Church. There would be the bishop, uh, you know, from your home state there to robe you up and shake your hand. If you got hired uh, or drafted by a Baptist church, you might get, um, you know, John from the search committee up there. Here's the thing. How many denominations are in it? So would you have SBC, CBF, uh, Alliance of Baptists, American Baptists, et cetera? That's a deep, deep cut. I mean, what if you had a female preacher who was considered to be the best prospect, but the SBC had the first pick? I mean, what a dilemma. Yeah, they'd have to trade down and stock up or just, you know, confront the... the... How about the Evangelical Lutherans or the non-denoms or the Acts 29 network? Are these all possible denominations? Well, you know, it's just whoever would want to sign up. I think it'd be wild. um, PCA, PCUSA. What if you hadn't completed your Presbyterian ordination exams, but they took a flyer on you anyway? Yeah, he he failed the Hebrew exam, but we have hope for him. That's yeah. just like taking a flyer on a year. Maybe the thing. Presbyterians pass on him, but the Baptists say, we don't have exams. You're good. Yeah, and imagine, uh, you know, some church, like if the Unitarian church was there and, you know, someone gets drafted, they'd say like, how nice, I can preach about anything. That's right. Um, Check your Jesus at the door. Oh, man. Uh, I would just love to see the announcement. What, what denomination would you want to get drafted to? Oh, wow. That's a really tough question. I would want to be surprised. Um, so let's do it this way. Let's guess. Let's pick which denomination would draft the other. Um, well, feel free to help me out here, but I'm trying to think who would draft the Reverend Big Al. Um, I think there would be some wild I mean, cards. I'm, I'm definitely looking like a third-round pick, probably. I think um, <laughs> early fourth round from down the road. Day three, day three selection. From down the road, Reverend Big Al drafted by NASCAR to be the track chaplain at Daytona. <laughs> Given the Give invocation every year at Daytona. So that's a little bit of a cop out, but rather than a, a denomination, um, you get drafted by NASCAR race course. 
Well, I'll return the paper. I just think. Wait, real quick, real quick. You would yep. get a stole just covered in advertisements. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Checkers, everything. So that's where you'd be. Would I get a free Alan Kowicki t-shirt? I don't know who that is, but sure. RIP died in a helicopter crash in 1992. Believe he drove the number seven Hooters car. <laughs> no one listening is going to know who that is. Uh, I know one guy listening because he and I talked about him at dinner the other night. Okay. okay. Macon Shepard. You remember old Macon? Yeah. Name dropping, man. We had dinner the night, talked about Alan Kowicki. Okay. Hello, Macon. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's listening, but he could be. All right. So where am I at? Yeah. You know what? I think I'm going to be honest. I think the scouting report of you showing grace to eating the roach salad has gotten out. Mm. But I don't think you're going to go to the rural United Methodist. I think you're going to go. I think you're going to go. I think you're going to get drafted by the Primitive Baptist Church in Eastern North Carolina because of your ability to speak and claim Baptist, yet willingly stiff arm as the roach salad gets served to you. No matter what the context is, you can be primitive, you can be Baptist, you are a lot to go primitive Baptist mid-round two. Wow. Got a lot um, of potential. Love the wingspan. Love the wingspan when serving communion, right? I just I, think that's the place for you. I like that draft pick, and I think there would be opportunity to incorporate my dad's pet python into some services uh, out there. Yep. More reasons that you're a fit. You really fit the system. It's a system pick. Oh, gosh, man. I hope the dean's listening to us and implements this in 2019. Of course, what we can all agree on is that Will the Thrill will get drafted by some online church because they need help producing. <laughs> you know it. Short uh, on content, long on social media. That's you, Will. Exactly. I could see the one true church drafting Will the Thrill uh, and fast-tracking him to Cardinal. Oh, well, huh? <laughs> it's kind of like a Gamecock. Are you saying a Catholic? Similar. Similar. Very similar. We're all, uh, we're all, we're all part of the same church, Will. Brothers and sisters. Yes, yeah. in Christ. In um, let's do one last uh, topic of Deportes. Oh, Avex French. Con baseball. Um, I've got two excited Braves fans in my face right now. Well, one How excited fan and then Will. Okay, <laughs> so um, just to fill your listeners in, we have some NL East fun here. I like the Nats, Reverend Big Al, uh, loyal Braves fan, um, has life. reason has reason for hope right now. How are you feeling? Oh, gosh, love the year. So many young arms. Can't wait for Akuna Matata to get back in the bigs, but the Braves are rolling regardless. Have you seen – Three Braves leading vote-getters at their position for the All-Star game. Dude, I got to put that on my calendar in D.C. to watch my boy, the man Freddie Freeman, tear up Nats Park. I purchased tickets to the Celebrity Game on Sunday, 4 o'clock, and they're giving out a gnome to the first 15,000. I got two tickets. Is that the 15th? Yep. Or the 8th? 15th? 15. Okay, so I need to try to be up there 15, 16, 17. Uh, I don't know if I'm opening my wallet for the All-Star game, but maybe home run derby. Can we just, like, stand outside and cheer for Freddie? Because he'll hit a ball to us outside the park. Yeah. I'm in. All right, loyal listeners, see you there. Meet so, up. Braves right now sitting at 42-29. and 29. That's great. Uh, Nats 
three and a half games back. Uh, when when is skill going to catch up uh, in the tide's turn, or are the Braves going to ride it into October? I do think the Braves are going to make October. I think they only have more young pitching waiting in the wings. Looking forward to seeing Colby Allard making his Major League debut later this summer. The young, I believe, 20-year-old lefty. Great stuff. Uh, they are just going to keep loading up with young arms and retooling, refueling. Will, do you think the Braves win the division? Yeah, sure. <laughs> They're a year early. I get it. Might need some help with the bats. But listen, um, I think Albies and Acuna, when Acuna Batata healthy at the top of the lineup in front of Freddie, Freddie having clearly the MVP season we've all been waiting for. I think they hold on. I mean, there's just so much young talent. I think at a minimum they get a wild card. I like your confidence. For the Nats, they have been far from healthy and hats off to general manager Mike Rizzo, new coach, uh, new manager Davey Martinez. Great job just keeping the ship stable. I think they're really going to start to spread their wings in the dog days of, days of summer coming up in July and August and really fly to the top of the NL East. But kudos to the Braves. I've been at Nats Park quite a bit, looking up at the flag in center field. Uh, with the standings, it does hurt to see Atlanta's on top. Hey, does the addition of Kelvin Herrera make a difference for the Nationals? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Oh. He is uh, a World Series champion. He knows what it takes to run in October. thought it was a great deal. We need a, a setup guy and a closer to be worked out um, over these summer months. Very smart to make this happen now rather than closer to the deadline when you might have to pay more. So you really believe Taco Bell is the like most famous fourth meal? Is it overrated? Where do we sit with that? I don't get a lot of Taco Bell fourth meal, but if I were to leave tonight from the church when we're done and go get Taco Bell, what would you order? Here's what I would order. A beef chalupa, a steak chalupa, and a chicken chalupa. I call that order the triple chalupa. Uh, I did that once in middle school the night before a mission The trip. holy chalupa? Yeah, the Holy Chalupa. I did that the night before a mission trip uh, in middle school. Woke up terribly sick, did not want to go. And my dad just said, hey, that was really dumb of you to order all that. Go get in the van. Here's another one. Waffle House, yay or nay? Might take longer, not drive through. On the other hand, delicious waffle, covered, smothered hash browns. Speaking of Waffle House, I believe they might still have one in the outfield as concessions for the Atlanta Braves. At least they had it at Turner Field. Haven't been to Centrist Park yet. Also, you got Just the want bonus. to say, top food destination, top baseball team. They go together well. You got the bonus of your feet sticking to the floor there, so you know the syrup is fresh and real. Um, but I would go with the, the triple chalupa. What time do you have to wake up tomorrow? I mean, hard to say. Do I go to the transgender youth's surgery before surgery or after? This is the surgery. After question mark? Yeah, well, it's at like seven thirty. Don't think I'm going first thing in the morning. Not really sure when I'm going, so maybe I could doze off. Okay, triple chalupa then. Um, so don't know this, if she would appreciate the gassiness. This that uh, makes me uncomfortable. Waffle House. This episode does not have a sponsor, even though I have shamelessly uh, called out and named two sponsors in this episode. 
so Holoradus, Southwest Airlines, and Bugsies. Uh, you guys have any other suggestions for uh, a third sponsor who should hit us up for the future? We will give Southwest a very lovely sponsorship package of uh, a shout out on Twitter and uh, as well as on the show if they decide to sponsor us. How about Chargrill? Chargrill, dude. Sonic? Sonic's Um, not not worth it. Overrated. It's what it is. Well, let's transition now then to church life, man. It's been a long time. Um, Anything noteworthy going on with you? Uh, Nothing noteworthy other than the fact that uh, I'm still here and this is not abnormal. So here's my question. How do you manage the demands of church life to find some sense of balance? Because I have a lot of uh, responsibilities thrown at me. Many, uh, you could argue unfairly, a lot of expectations. And so it's a lot of late nights and I'm not really sure how to balance that and stay sane. So that's why I say I just grind. So I wake up, grind out another day, get that, stay late at night, try to figure it out. What do you say? So you're saying just how do you balance better? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Well, I got um, some pretty cool advice from a guy recently. It wasn't advice. He was just sharing how he works it out. So how many hours a week would you say you work on average? Uh, I mean, that's a tough question. At least 60. Well, then that kind of throws a wrench in these plans because this guy was saying, you know, 40 hours a week. Is, is what's expected of me. This guy's a minister. And he said... Oh, I, I don't know what's expected of me. I'm just telling you what I'm doing. Well, he said he, he would break his week into 10 four-hour ch- chunks and make sure that he he hit them all. He, he journaled them and did that to keep himself accountable. But he said sometimes you... You know, you have... There's days where you hit three, four-hour chunks. And if that's the case... If you don't want to burn out, you should hit one the following day uh, if that's reasonable and doable, given the demands. It seems super simplistic, but it was the first time anyone had ever said that to me. Uh, and I think that's a healthier approach than... Uh, yeah, I had someone just... tell me a couple of weeks ago that there's four blocks in the day. He called it morning, after lunch to mid-afternoon, late afternoon, and evening. And he said, uh, I needed, I was only going to be allowed to make two of those four be church in the same day. And you couldn't have like multiple days where, where you're doing the same thing with two of them. So I had to find other things, but I haven't figured out how to make those changes because the workload is heavy. Yeah. Have you tried, um, do you know anyone who, you know, when your work is heavy, uh, their yoke is easy and burden is light? anyone out there do you mean jesus yeah <laughs> yeah that's right classic pivot tell me more direction. about what you mean by that um, yeah it's kind of typical sunday school answer there but one thing that helps are you suggesting out, that if i prayed about it i wouldn't have to work so much uh or you know just ask jesus to do it Jesus, okay. help me. I mean, it is possible that I'm living in a little bit of an Alan-centric worldview and not a theocentric worldview. 
Fair point, McBride. Always wise. Well, you know, I struggle living between those two as well. Um, I think I, I was telling my friend, uh, former competitor of yours for position, big shout out to Kev uh, last week. And uh, funny story, <laughs> I'll share in a minute. Um, but I told him, uh, actually, this is serious. I told him something I want to start thinking about is trying to understand the difference between me being helpful and me being needed. And I think there's a lot of situations where I'm helpful to a meeting, to a, a committee in the church, to work that the church is doing. But I don't know that that means I'm necessary or needed for all those meetings. And I want to try to investigate how I can draw some of those distinctions. Because the reality is there's lots of demands on our, on our time and energy. But at the same time, if we're not arrested, insane, um, and uh, self that's filled with the love of Christ, then it's hard to share that love with others. And instead, people aren't getting the love of Christ. They're getting our anger and our resentment and our fatigue. And so I think um, that's something I need to be more thoughtful about, uh, although it's, it's hard because um, team people in the church, I think, appreciate my help, my support, my involvement, and have trouble. Um, I think so. I think for me, it's a situation where I need to learn to let go and trust that things will work out if I'm not needed, even though I would be helpful, if I'm not needed, I can step away and let things go at their own pace or with their own success. You know what that would require? Saying no, I think. And that's tough because you don't like to tell people no. And sometimes people like you to be there or be present for something that might take a certain amount of hours that you could invest elsewhere. Yeah, I think a couple things about church. I think being in Baptist church, where we know we're called by the church, we're ultimately accountable to the congregation. I think we're hesitant to say no because we feel like that'll come back against us. Whereas in other denominations, uh, it's potentially a little bit easier because our accountability might be found with a bishop or a presbytery. Um, I think also, I'll admit this, as a single minister, it's challenging because I don't have other demands. So yeah, it's tonight. It's now... Uh, almost 9.30. I've been in the office uh, all day, but it's not like anybody's calling saying, hey, come home. I've had dinner ready for an hour and it's getting cold. Where are you? Um, or I need help putting the kids to bed. Where are you? So without some of those built-in excuses, um, I struggle. Uh, it's hard for me to say I have a conflict when, I may, when my conflict might be watching old WWE pay-per-views at my house on the couch. Very valid conflict speaking of which while i was with our friend the kev the rev kev last week we stepped into an establishment where the uh the man working in the establishment was watching wwe smackdown live on a side television so immediately i commented man that's great what's going on in smackdown i think he was a little taken aback he was from our neighbors to the south he may not have understood that i was a real fan so then I asked him who he thought would win Money in the Bank this weekend. He wasn't sure. I said, well, of course, Braun Strowman's going to win. I mean, the guy's a monster among men. No one has a chance. Our friend of the establishment, of course, said, listen, I think everyone's going to gang up on Braun Strowman. I said, no, 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 Braun Strowman's going to win. And guess who had the last laugh? That's right, I did, because Braun Strowman destroyed the competition in the men's ladder match for the Money in the Bank briefcase on Sunday night. So now – Braun Strowman joins a club that I am president of, people holding a Money in the Bank briefcase. Mm. 
can't say I've seen any WWE recently. Did I hear something about a new deal with Fox or something? Yeah, yeah. SmackDown Live is moving to Fox. Like Big Fox? Yeah. I can watch it on my antenna. Yep. Big fan of the antenna. If you guys, A lot of details that. to get worked out with that, but certainly something to be excited for, including Howie Long pumping it during Sunday NFL football. Hmm. Anyway, going back, yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'm tired. Been doing a lot. Um, a church that's in a transition period and doesn't know how to manage work or slow down is really challenging. And I think churches sometimes aren't willing to acknowledge that they can't do everything as a church and they just want to push on people. And I think I've realized uh, churches will take whatever you're willing to give. And until you're willing to tell the church you can't give it, they'll, t- they'll keep taking it. And it's a very difficult place to be. Yeah, it is. Speaking and, of take what they'll give, do you think Little Caesars is still open for a hot and ready? I think it might be too late in North Carolina. Yeah. I think hot it and ready is only till 8. You know, one time I went to a Little Caesars at 8.45. The sign of the door clearly said they were open till 9. The door was locked, and when I knocked on the door, the young girl working there told me they had already closed. Man, I was livid pissed. But I moved on. I just got food somewhere else. Loyal listeners, it is 9.33, in case you're wondering. For you're not allowed to reference. take vacation when you work at Little Caesars. You stay open until the sign says you're closed. Because I'm at one crazy bread with my hot ready. Because that extra bestest, extra cheese, extra pepperoni, six bucks. Woo! Man, you can't beat that. That's the word of Alan. Let's close our time out here with just a little popcorn back and forth. Uh, things that we might have missed since our last recording are things we're looking forward to right now. One thing I have to add is that here in Alexandria, in the shadow of the nation's capital where I am, I'm in the shadow of the city of champions. I'm speaking of the Washington Capitals for the first time in my fanhood. Uh, I experienced the the joy of victory. It's really weird, man. Have you have you had a comparable experience, Reverend Big Al? Oh, you mean when I beat an expansion team and tried to pretend it was a championship? No. I mean, when you beat a solid... How about uh, the 1996 Atlanta Braves beating the Cleveland Indians in six games behind the game six shutout by Tom Glavin, fueled by a six-inning home run by David Justice to put the game out of reach? One to nothing, Braves. One and six. Oh, gosh. It was incredible. Memories, right? Well, I've got memories from this past Sorry, I said 96. 1995. 1996... They went up two games to zero in the Bronx to start off the series on the road against the Yankees and managed to lose four straight behind a miserable bullpen, culminating in a game six loss back in New York as the Yankees begin their dynasty. What a crushing blow to the Braves when they should have won another title. Okay. That was kind of unbelievable. Um, well, I just, that, that they lost? Not, you know, your knowledge recollection is it's just yeah. weird. Hey, so um, UVA's won the ACC tournament. Twice in four years. How about yeah. that? Okay. You know about Five winning. Years. You know about winning. I'll give you that. Um, it feels good. I'll say all that much. It feels good. Strangers are just – How about the Redskins, 1991 Super Bowl championship over the Bills, 37-24 behind the double backfield of Ernest Biner and Ricky Irvins. Yeah, that was the Super Bowl Jared 92. Riggs, the, the pounded back, yeah. The Super Bowl 92 from the 91 season. Right. Um, I thought I, that was implied. Yeah, I was one, so I missed that. Dad had us excited. I had posters in my room for both that and the 1987 title with Doug Williams. Mm. 
I remember watching that on VHS with my babysitter. Uh, have you watched any World Cup? Uh, caught a couple highlights of the Argentina Iceland classic as I was packing my suitcase Saturday, and I did see from the hotel bar Friday afternoon the uh, the tying goal from Ronaldo against Spain in the 87th minute on the free kick. That was amazing. That was such a great. Here's my question: battle. Scale of one to ten, how hard did the goalie try? I'm going three. <laughs> Eight. I'm going to be honest. It looked like he didn't move. I think it's because he expected the wall to stop the shots on that side of the goal. You and just the there's nothing not. you can do about that. The not only did the wall that fit, wall fell faster than the Berlin Wall in 1989. Am I right? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I wasn't alive. Yeah, I guess that's an awkward joke. Spain wasn't a part of the Berlin Wall. Would have been funnier to make that joke related to Mexico's 1-0 upset of Germany, which I also didn't watch because it happened during church. Jobs. Yeah, I actually saw the last 10 to 15 minutes afterwards. It was great. I, for one, am thoroughly enjoying it. Sometimes when tournaments come around like this, when the Olympics are on, you get burnout several days in. I am far from that. Um, so loyal listeners who are into that, holler at me. Would love to chat with you. Feels obviously weird, and I'm still bitter that the United States is not in it. But, uh, are you sure? I thought their game was going to be in a couple of days. They just hadn't played yet. No, not in it. Remember the weird. 10th of October. That's when we failed and fell. Um, um, okay. So is yeah. that why we paid to host the one in 2026 so we can we guarantee a spot? We didn't pay. We earned it. Why don't we just buy this one out? We've got money. I would say that's not how it works, but that actually is how it's worked with uh, payments and briberies. But no, not with this one. It was democratic. I'm going to close this down here. All right, uh, here's my question. What World Cup game should I be excited about the rest of the week? For the rest of this week? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'm on mission trip Thursday to Sunday, probably not watching anything other than maybe tomorrow morning. Why do I have to wait till next week? Well, if you want to watch America's second team, I don't know if I support Talk that. Talk about Landon Donovan in Mexico? Yeah, Mexico plays. Speaking of getting paid, how much did he get paid? Uh, I mean, he probably got like 20000 for that tweet. That would be my guess. I'm not root for Canada. Um, Canada's not in it. Um, so America so, and America Junior are both out? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Well, listen, I love pizza. I love ziti. I love uh, just that pasta, that chicken parmesan. I'll root for the Italians. <laughs> not in it. What? Not in it. They didn't qualify. Oh, this is awkward. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how about? All right. Well, listen. I've been to China before. Maybe I'll root for them. Not in it. Okay. <laughs> you want another, you want me to assign you one, or do you want to keep? How about Mahatma Gandhi in the India Federation? Not even close. No. Can I just give an aside on Kuwait? that? Every, everyone's Kuwait? like, Kuwait's not in it. Djibouti. Djibouti's not in it. Kenya. Kenya's not in it. Chad? Chad is not. Madagascar? No. Mozambique? No, now you're trying to pick them low. Okay, Give me okay. A, Georgia? No. The state? No. Like the University of Georgia. How about <laughs> Georgia's golf team? And it's a soccer team made up of Chris Kirk, Bubba Watson, Kevin Kisner. How do you think they'd do? Okay, we, we got to move on from hypothetical. Would you also include Georgia Tech with David Duvall and Matt Kuchar? I know they're yeah. robberies, but maybe similar to the South Korea, North Korea hockey team in the women's uh, Olympics, they could combine forces. 
I'm just going to give you Senegal. Oh, like Asan Sin, former UVA center. Does he play for their team? He had great footwork. He doesn't. He had terrible hands, but I don't think that'll hurt him in soccer. All right. Reverend Big Al is going to take us out Number five. a second. But uh, I just want to give a shout out and share with you guys uh, who our listeners have been over this last month. Thanks for sticking with us. Number one, surprisingly, Blacksburg, Virginia. Probably has to do with loyal listener Rebecca. Number two, Burke, Virginia. Strangely, are you guys ready for our third-ranked city? Kimitsu, Japan. Is that because you've been wearing that hat? Did you get a sponsorship? Maybe I did without knowing it. Yes, Is that listeners. Mike Winchell and them boys from Tokyo Drift? I am wearing a Japan hat right now. Number four, Kolukan City, Philippines. Philippines, they in the World Cup? No. Dead to me. Rounding out the top five, let's go six. Uh, L.A., number five. Number six, Midlothian, Virginia. How about New Zealand? New Zealand in the World Cup? Uh, no, but they're actually on our top ten list. Uh, How about Old Zealand? Is Old Zealand in Auckland? No. <laughs> old, old Zealand is not qualified. Reverend Big Al. How about Greenland? You need. I heard to be- it was all ice. It's kind of yeah. confusing. It's you got to go get dinner, and you're alluding to the Mighty Ducks D two right there. So why don't you take us home so you can go get some food? Thanks for listening. See you next time. See the curtains hanging in the window In the evening over Friday night Little light is shining through the window Let me know everything's alright Summer breeze